It's the Breaking Atoms podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South. And my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the Actual Factual. Yes, indeed. This is this this whole little thing right now is all about bucket list. I've always wanted to speak to Jake One, man. It's someone that I don't feel um, speaks very much about his art and, and 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 his contributions. And so, for us to have him on here is uh, important to us um, and to hear his perspective on how he approaches music um, and 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 also celebrate his 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 catalog so far. Agreed. Agreed. So, he's one of yeah, those. Nah, he's, he's one of those producers who's always stayed true to what he does, but he's managed to evolve at the same time. Yes. And that's that's yeah. not easy. It's not easy. I think I, I think you hit the nail on the head uh, when you talked about there were certain type of producers who can uh, balance that kind of almost that tightrope between underground and mainstream and, like you said, evolve. So Illmine, M-Phases, Jake, you know, th- those those type... That, and, and, and really, that really comes down to the individual as well. They are who they are. They're all about the art and the craft and they know what works and what can work. And they're focused on that. It's not about fame. It's not any of that kind of crap. It's all about what can make the best product. So you hit the nail on the head with that. But now this is a, yo man, we, we got into some stuff and, and, and you got way back into, into his, uh, into the bag. So this is, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad we got to speak to, Me to too. Jake and Me too. it's timely because, you know, I, when we hit him up, it was, I didn't know he was going to be the uh, Rock Marciano project. I didn't know he was going to be a Rock Marcy project. I, it was just timing. Yeah, know? yeah. Just and I think I think the language. lesson in that is, you know, we should just, you know, like what we're doing, just speak to who we we want to speak to and just let the, let the stars align, man. Like when you I told didn't... me he was on the Rock Marcy album, in my head I was like, huh? Jake one Rock right, Marcy? Right. Uh, it, it was, it was, um, it was crazy. The John Cena thing floored me. I'm just going <laughs> to say that. Like I, I cannot under, I don't, Firstly, I can't understand how I did not know that. I thought everybody se- knew. No, I didn't know that. Okay. Know that. You see, that's the problem. Um, Sometimes I assume that it's just because co- it's John Cena. You know, he's mainstream. He's a celebrity, you know? Right, right. But but it's such an iconic, like, just just the three, the first three seconds. Yeah. Like, that is so iconic in wrestling that you could probably go to wrestling fans. And if you did that kind of test of, you know, whose entrance song is this? You could probably get maybe Stone Cold because of Glass Breaking. You could probably get Ultimate Warrior. You could probably get The Rock. You can also get John Cena. Agreed. It's one of those. It's one of those. Man, it has such great replay value. And and to construct a theme song for a wrestler that will stay with them. Yeah, it's you can't career. change it now. Mm-mm. No, you can't anything else. Yeah, that's no it. No one can overdo it. You can't touch it. That's and, it. And I, that's credit to Jake and and all he's done and just. His honestly, his catalog. He mentioned it about like people didn't realize some of the work he's done, but there will be there will be a time where he looks back on his career and people realize and then hold him up in the highest thing that we hold on we hold him up already. I do need of, to check out some of his his more recent stuff because um he mentioned uh, Wiz Khalifa and I'm like I don't yeah. know that one. He's got, listen. He's he's got enough bangers and it's so him and there it's it's his everything he does is. Is in his music. Yeah. So even the stuff with a boogie, like is dope. Even Meg, great. Drake, it, it's just like honestly, he's um he's that kind of not 
chameleon, but he's just someone that can who knows what what it takes to make things work. Agreed. Great, great product. Agreed. So, Agreed. Salute to Jake One. Jake One. One. This is, yep. One. 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 This is Breaking Atoms. Jake One. Check it out. It's another special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. Today we are joined. Well, this person doesn't really need any. Let's say no intradizi and snare <laughs> Jordan. You know, he he is behind the boards, cooking up some of the illest beats, illest productions. Not only himself, but with his co-producing friends. Um, he is Jake One. Welcome to the Breaking Out Podcast. How you doing, my friend? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Now we appreciate you. We appreciate you. How's everyone, man? Like COVID's crazy, right? And even for yeah. uh, for you, how's everyone? Everyone good? I mean, I feel like with a lot of producers, we're probably all. I mean, I. I Besides me going on tour, this is pretty much what I do every day anyway, is sit in the house and, you know, hang out with my kids. So, I, I mean, really basketball, I can't play basketball. Besides that, I pretty much, it hasn't been that different. I don't, I don't have a lot of people over anyway, so. Producers are built for COVID, it seems. Yeah, we're, we're good at just being in our space, you know. And work and working hard, working hard. So you, you we, we'll, we'll talk about Downtown 81 later and, 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 the, and the plethora of, uh, of work you have done. I guess for me, not being a musician of any sort and probably a very poor journalist at that too, I'm really interested in your production process. So is it mood-based? Right. Is it, you know, you think about an artist in mind? How do you, what's your setup like, the kind of equipment you use? Let's start there. Let's start there. Um, I mean, mainly, I mean, I started on some other stuff, but I, I kind of found my stride in like late nineties when I got on, uh, in Sonic stuff. So like EPS 16 plus, like I definitely did a lot of records on that early on. And then I moved to the ASR 10, I don't know, maybe early two thousands. And that was kind of where I really figured it out. Um, but you know, I, I've tried to create for people specifically, it just doesn't work for me. So I just kind of just make what I think is cool. And then it finds its place. I think that's why the the artists I work with is just so across the board is because I'm never really like, oh, I got to make a beat for, you know, whoever it is, you know. I might want to. It just, it doesn't ever really work out like that for me. No, fair, fair. No, we, we, we spoke to that beat butcher who also picked you up in, in our interview. And, and it's always interesting to me. We spoke to Apollo Brown. We, it's very interesting to me to hear the different perspectives because everyone comes with the with Some people are really good at like, oh, I'm going to, I mean, I have friends who be like, I'm only making beats for Drake this week. And I'm like, okay, but I don't think he might like whatever I think he wants. I mean, just in my experience, usually when I'm like, oh, this is the perfect beat for you, they never fuck with it. So <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just kind of have to do what makes me happy and like the rest of it, let it figure itself out. Fair, fair. So how does Snare Jordan feel about beats with no drums? Um, Man, you know, I, I did some beats with no drums, you know, a long time ago. So like, it's weird because I think I've had younger guys that don't have the experience of like coming up in the nineties and stuff like that. When drums is pretty much the whole beat, right? Um, they'll tell me like, oh, the drums killed the vibe and all this crazy shit. And I'm just like, well, you just don't know how to program. Like you gotta, there's a finesse to it, right? You, we're not, we're not doing just the kick snare over a sample of shit. You know what I mean? That's, that's probably had its time. Um, but it is weird. I was talking to a, a friend of mine, uh, my boy Vitamin, and he was trying to get me to name a song of recent, you know, that came out recently that was a, like more of an underground hip hop song that had drums that was dope. And 
that was kind of hard. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was right. So anyways, go the new rock Mars I did, I didn't put drums on the right, shit. Right. I I made the beat and I was like, I was like, as a joke, I put it on my IG story and I'm like, I think I put like do do do, you know, like the uh West Side Gun thing. Cause I'm just <laughs> to me, that's what it just sounded like. So and of course that ends up being the BD pick. So I mean, I just think it's like I would say as somebody's been doing beats as long as I have, it's not interesting to me to not put drums on shit. I like to be able to take samples that are not that great and make it into something that's me, um, that I feel, you know, proud of on some ego shit. But sometimes the loop is dope. Just let that shit ride. So, I mean, I think all it's, it's a place for all of it. Like, I mean, I, my, one of my singles on white band music didn't have drums and I don't even remember thinking it was weird at the time. It just was the right thing. for that. Right. Right. It's the feeling. So, it's the feeling. Yeah, um, no, definitely. It's, it's, it's definitely, I mean, amongst like my peers and my homies, it's a lot of shit talking going on. I, mean, I can imagine in, in the, <laughs> in the producer community, you know, when you're among each other and you're comfortable, you know, you say, right. you may say I'm how you feel about this. Like always, like, this is just like the first thing I'm going to say when I see him, it's going to be something about the snare, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know, who cares about snares, but producers and shit like that, you know? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And how it's, yeah, no, absolutely. The reverb on this. You guys are a different breed. You guys are a different breed. And I, <laughs> it's, just, it's just a different nerd out shit. No, nah, you, yeah. You, <laughs> go on. I think they get called no drums that actually have drums. Like there's a lot of beats. They might have a drum loop in there somewhere. And that became a style. Maybe Madlib brought that to the game where he's like putting two dirty ass loops together, but they work, you know? And but it wasn't that like big kick and snare like more of like the Rockefeller just blaze type. I think Apollo Brown did that on the um the anchovies project. I think that's what he, I think he mentioned that in the interview. But yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you mentioned how long you've been in the game. So with this uh, there's always new tools coming out, new plugins. Right. How much time do you are you are you a able to? How much time? Do you dedicate to learning new plugins and things like that? Are any particular favorites that you're working with at the moment? I mean, I've always kind of looked at it like I just try to keep the main base of what I do the same, but I want to use all the tricks. So like um, there's a plugin Isotope makes now called RX8 where you can kind of make, you know, your own bootleg multi-tracks. And then, you know, it's just why you get you could take the vocals off the Isaac Hayes song, it's a new song, you know, for me to sample that I've had for 30 years that I might've used 10 other times before. So it's, to me, that's like crazy interesting. And, and that's the shit that keeps me going, right? I Something like that comes out and I get hyped to make beats again because I don't want to make this beat the same way for fucking 30 years. It gets boring, you know, shit after, I mean, sometimes you can't help but make the same thing because you just have your process. But yeah, I, I love all the the new little gadgets and shit. I'm, I'm into all that. I don't really love making beats on the computer like that, but even that I've kind of like, I can kind of do it now. It took me a long time though. In recent years, there's been a, a heavy focus on like co-production credits and people working together. Yeah. How did you get introduced to the idea and how did you make that transition into that world? Um, Really, it was just kind of dumb luck. Um, I think, you know, when I started getting on big records and I was sampling so flagrantly, I wasn't getting any money on the publishing side and that shit hurt. So <laughs> like, I want to say the first one I did was on a G-Unit album. Sorry, which album? The, uh, the first G-Unit right. album. And I did a song there, they used a sample. 
and they took like all the publishing. So I missed like, I don't know, a hundred something thousand dollars. And that time that was like mind blowing. So I just started creating stuff with musicians that I wanted to sample. Um, so I started doing that, you know, probably 2005 ish, six. And, uh, you know, some of the stuff from white band music is that where it's like, you know, like something like trap door, that's something we just made up with MF doom. Like we made that up one day. And uh, it sounds like a record. That was always the point to make something that people didn't really know if it was a record or something we made up. I mean, that was the goal for me. Um, you know, fast forward like 2011, 12, um, Frank Dukes is starting to have his wave and he's my little homie. So like I'm there the whole, all that's happening. You know, I'm seeing it all happen. And I have all this music that I made for me to sample myself. And I just started giving it to other producers. And then, you know, I met Southside in the studio uh, somewhere around that time. Whenever DS2 had come out, I gave him like a pack of 10 samples. And then we were just on that album, like maybe a month later. And then it just it just started rolling. And then it was like, oh, nobody wants me to do beats no more. I just meant make shit without drums, you know, like. And the challenge in making something that wasn't a sample that was my own creation was just also exciting too you know so it was kind of a lot of things because i was i was getting brought in to just do drums for a lot of years okay so now i don't get to do drums and i'm doing the music so it's like just an interesting career twist are you still working with g coop a lot oh yeah yeah um we actually did something recently um i mean it's funny like we we did a he was the guy who really taught me how to play piano and all kind of stuff the guy opened my eyes to like old gear so like I remember going to his house, I moved to Oakland in 2006 and he had a whole room just full of old keyboards. And I, you know, I didn't know what any of that shit did. And then I watched how he'd make all this stuff, make something that sounded like a seventies record. And I just got thoroughly into it. I started buying keyboards and all that kind of shit. So um, it's been amazing seeing what's happened with him. I mean, we've, we've caught a, quite a few records together too. So like, it's been dope. But, you know, to see him do, like, Bad and Bougie and uh, It's a Vibe and some of his other ones, like, just knowing him, it's just the most unlikely shit ever. But I'm really proud of him and happy for him. And uh, what's so dope about him is he's, like, you know, most guys make a hit and they go buy, like, the new car or whatever. It's, like, he's buying harps and shit. I mean, he's just doing (laughs) fancy guitars and shit. It's just different, you know. He's totally the exact same person. He's just getting to create for more of a space of freedom when you make a little money that I think it, it buys you that. You know? Nice, nice. Uh, congratulations to, to G Coop. Sub it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. How do you, um, it's more about critical listening. How do you, how do you balance that if you're listening for samples and listen to music as a, as a producer, as a, someone who makes music? I, does I, it think ever... it's hard. I think it's really hard because I'm just, I don't even listen to that much music at this point. Like, right. It just has to be fresh when I like come up in here and listen to records and you know want to make a beat or try to come up with some chords. Like when I'm riding around or just in the house, I'm listening to like random podcasts about basketball or whatever. <laughs> I rarely listen. I mean, I'll listen to somebody's podcast about their album and won't listen to their album. Like I, it's gone some whole other weird way. And I don't think I'm the only one that's like I, that. I, I do point. that a lot. I don't. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't listen to a lot of music anymore. Then I I used to listen to it all the time, right? So yeah. I dedicate time to it. I don't listen to. I listen to more talk radio or radio right. rather than actually music. Only if it's all right. So if it's Marcy, 
I'll dedicate some time listening to it. Right. It, but it has I, to be something that's like really unique and, and hits me in a certain way. Um, right. And, you know, I, I try to check most everything that comes out and, you know, every album will be something I really like on there and I'll play that for a while. But I, it's just not the same where, you know, all we have was the music and our tape and the Walkman and shit and you walked around and did all these things and it's just a soundtrack of your life. And maybe it is for like younger people, probably is. I mean, but it's, yeah, it's weird. I, and, and a lot of times I don't, I'm listening to stuff tonight even sample. It's just more like, oh, I kind of like that combination of sounds. Like, I mean, I, I feel like the last five years, all I listened to is my Zell Brothers stuff. I don't know why. It's just probably why, if you looked and seen, that's what I'm listening to the most. And I just more like marveling at like the, this art mixed with this piano, mixed with that bass. Like, I'm trying to get that. That's when I'm making samples, that's what I want to do. It's more like hearing it from that place. I'm like, oh, that's a cool chord. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna throw that in there. Um, but yeah, I try not to be the person that just listens to old music, but I, it's weird. That's just like the shit that really hits me in the heart. I think it's, you know, stuff you discover when you're like 16, it just never leaves you. Gotcha, gotcha. Right, right. I, I need to uh, share a story with you. I became a fan of yours in 2005. Um, I heard a song called um, Hate, Hate My Face. Super bum bum. And when I heard that, I said, okay, let me read these credits. And I saw Jake one. I said, all right. How did you connect with Superstition? And how did that song come about? I, You know what's funny? I don't even remember how I met him. Must have been some sort of inner. I, you know what? I think we had a homie that was uh, a dude that was shopping my beats and was somehow managing him. His dude named Leaf. I think I'm pretty sure it was Leaf was the one involved. Um, and... I don't know why I was listening to like this Johnny Guitar Watson song and I heard that and he wanted to beat. That was a rare one. I just made the beat on the spot and he liked it and it turned into a song. Um, but damn, that's funny. I haven't thought about that one in a long time. Yeah, that's one but, uh, That's one of my favorites. And I, I, it was really good to hear you guys um, link up again on the Cam Moy album, No Substitute. I was listening to right, it this right. morning. Um, you mentioned Oakland previously. Right. Talk about collaborating with hieroglyphics and have you got any memories from the layover sessions with Encore? Man, layover was an interesting time because I was, that was when I was still living in Seattle. I still had a job. I was, I was just living a regular life. Um, my boy ID, I think pretty sure was the one that connected me with, uh, with Encore um, and Encore how did I, ID, well, ID was working for Hyro. He also signed a little brother, did a bunch of cool things like for ABB and stuff like that too. Um, and yeah, he would, you know, Encore would just come out here for like a weekend and we would cut a bunch of songs. And uh, it was weird though, because both of us were like, not real, like compared to everybody else that was doing what we were doing, we were so half-assed about being in it. Like I wasn't like, oh, I got to do these beats or it's over. Like I didn't even think I was going to make this a career. It was just something I like to do. Um, he already felt like he was about to quit rapping. Like I always joked with him, like, this is your black album for real. (laughs) (laughs) And he did, he never did anything after that. But, um, (laughs) it was, it was a lot of fun, man. I mean, I feel like me and him became like really good friends. Like I don't necessarily always become super close with whoever I do a project with. So, um, you know, we just had a lot of things we were both into at the time, basketball or whatever. We like the same kind of music, but then like the music we liked wasn't necessarily reflective of what we were doing. It was weird, um, but yeah, no, that was that was definitely a fun album. I re- 
I feel like that was when I first got Pro Tools even. Okay. Like we did some of that in my house, uh, a couple other studios in Seattle. We might have cut some of it down in the Bay. I don't even remember, man. That was so long. No, I have, I've, got to, um, I've got to big you up on My Way Home. That song is beautiful. Love that song. Right. And I felt like we hit it on that one. I was, and when I listened to it, I'm like, that's the level everything got to be, right? And we just hit it on that one. I think we recorded that at the old pharmacy. Um, you know, he he was a really dope writer. I think, you know, some of the rappers, like, I more gravitate towards people that just have a great voice and it's, it's just more free-flowing. It doesn't, I don't even care about lyrics personally. Like, it's just not, it's a producer thing. We hear flows and voices. Um, but he really was very serious about every word, you know, in every bar, which, and that song was definitely like a touching ass record. I think my boy Topspin is singing on that. Yes, um, D- D- DJ Topspin. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love I love that song. I think, you know, if there was like a life playlist for Christopher Mitchell, like, that song would have to be on there. Oh, wow. It's amazing. That's amazing, yeah. That's another, like, it's, it's weird. I, ha- I feel like I've had so many phases of my career, like, nobody ever brings any of this up. Like, I, I like it's usually... You know this the same ones you know like so that's that's really cool to hear that that, that you fucked with that song yeah. like that because i i thought it was great at the time that was when that period was when i felt like i figured out that i could get good at making right. beats. like i was doing beats and i was cool but like i feel like i i you know you kind of just all comes together at a certain point and that was kind of like around that time that i started really catching my thing you know whether i was trying to do it or not it just like kind of all Clicked. yeah yeah so sustain on the layover album um you shared credits with vitamin d we say vitamin over here you say vitamin and you mentioned you it earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um what's your relate yeah. talk about your relationship with with vitamin d because you know you guys I mean, synonymous yeah, i see your names often yeah i mean that's one of my best friends like big brother all that shit i mean he's like he might be a year or two older than me but like he was just so advanced like from when we were kids he was the first guy making real demos and had real beats that were competing. This is early nineties even. And uh, he was just always a selfless dude. Like his, his door was always open and he showed me so many things, uh, you know, technically. And then he would just be real. Like I'd play him something like, Oh man, this baseline, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, and he would fix it for right. me. You know what I mean? Like most guys aren't like that, you know? Um, so like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of dope. Cause I moved back to, to my old neighborhood he's over there so like i see him like just at the grocery store and shit at this point uh, and you know we're still close um but you know he's he I always felt like there he, sh- he should have got a lot farther with some of the stuff he did but it seems like it's still happening you know like he put out a project that's really dope recently called flips um he ended up doing the power theme song which a lot of people don't know that's really yeah not the not so, the not the uh, not the Trey songs one, right? The the original, the original, original. yeah, yeah, the one people like uh, with Joe, Joe, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it, he's just somebody. One of the few people I really listen to um, his opinion on things, you know, musically. Where I I kind of like if he tells me something's not good, I'm probably not going to do right. it. Right, you know. Right. Um, and he's been there every step of the way for you know everything I've done. He's pretty much had a part in it somehow. So. Shout out to, no, to vitamin D. Absolutely, it's very important that you have those kind of people in your circle. Hell yeah! Um, I mean, I, I think it's crucial to have somebody just to chase. Like you just feel like you gotta, you know, get to this level. Like and and have it be somebody that's like 
not a dickhead, you know, that, that helps too. Like, cause there's definitely like, I feel like producers in their mind think they're competing with people. They ain't even thinking about them. Like, it's like me sitting here like, oh man, I'm a really, man, just Blaze is going to be hurt when he hears this. It's like, man, just Blaze don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, he's good. Shout out to Jess. Like, that's my boy. But like, I, it, you, you, I think we get caught in some competition sometimes and it's just dumb. Like you just gotta make this shit that's as dope as you can make and all the rest is gonna figure itself out. Like I can't tell you I'm the best. Everybody else gotta say it. Yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, that, this, that, that whole competitive nature that, um, that clouds uh, hip hop is an ongoing conversation we're having um, with a number of our guests at the moment and we're having I mean, it ourselves. It's, it's, it's great and terrible, right? Like. Yeah you need that push and you know i'm a sports guy so like i think that part of it resonates with me like, right right no absolutely we, we i'm the same with football um it's yeah. just that that there's a there's always a healthy respect amongst footballers even at the highest level even right. if they are competing and so that has to kind of always always remain you mentioned um you mentioned trapdoor am i right in assuming that you start working with doom because he had some licensing issues well yeah they couldn't you know all this shit was just big loops at that time so right they couldn't they couldn't license anything and um Sadiq from Rhymesayers was like he had heard this is probably when I was working on yeah it was probably white band music time and he was also like don't get too flagrant with the samples of course I did that didn't stop me <laughs> but, um I was making stuff with G Coop that was uh you know sounded like old records and all those songs that I did for him were basically just a result of trying to make something for that not that I feel like Doom was capable of even making anything for commercial <laughs> commercial appeal. Like, I mean, he sent me a song and it's like called Ball Skin or, you know, like, it's like, yeah, it's probably not going to be what, you know, they're going to want to put throw on this TV show. But I think he was just so hot at the time. Like people wanted him to be, you know, they wanted to use his music as like a signifier of something cool, right? Uh, so yeah, that was that was kind of how it started, really. With, That's you know, great, and then well, actually, uh, Rock Cocaine Flow, but you know, I, I didn't put I didn't put that one together. So right, no, no, that was I was gonna say that was um, why you may have not put that together. That's just a it's such a powerful song that I remember when uh, Young Guru was doing a um, he was doing a Red Bull Academy interview, uh, and they played that song for the mix and how it sounded and in the production smashed. and 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 just generally how that all came together. It's such yeah. a powerful record. So no, salute to you on that. Um, question on again i'm not an artist by any stretch of magic chris is an chris is a, an mc i i'm just i'm just a, i'm just a human at this point um <laughs> i'm just the COVID, covid covid got me down i'm just a human at this point um mm. you know you've talked about doom della drake meg weekend g unit a boogie the kind of range is there and that's a credit to you you ever and sometimes you may not even be in the studio with those guys but when you are playing beats for artists, do you ever get, did you ever get nervous? And do you, has that now stopped? Uh, I, I just don't like going to the studio with people, man. Really, I don't go. Like, I just stopped doing that at a certain point. It has to be somebody I'm really personally connected to because then I'm not going to feel weird about it. Um, I would say, who's the last person? I, I mean, like somebody like Wale, me and him are friends. So like, I play in beats. And if he doesn't like it, I'll be like, you're tripping. You know what I mean? Like, we have that kind of relationship. But, like, when was the last time I was nervous? Uh, I mean, definitely the couple of times I've been in there with Dre, it's still, like, I don't really feel like I know him to be like, you know, you should like this beat. Like, I'm just like, I hope you like it, you know. Um, but, yeah, er early in my career, 
I thought I had to go to the studio more, so I would go and I just, it would just be so awkward to me, um, you know, because it'd be so much going on. They're just like, play something. Then you're like looking like, do they like this? Are they not fucking with this? And I just, I hated that feeling. So I just stopped doing it. Um, I mean, there was a point where guys were big on this, like, we're going to cook up live in the studio. I hated doing that. There was a couple of times I just remade a beat I'd already made and it just looked like magic, you know, like. I've done the same thing with rhymes, you know, right on the spot. I love that. Right on the spot, Chris. That. No, no, I'm going to write something I already have. <laughs> right, right. So it's like, yeah, there's certain guys, I mean, but yeah, it comes back to that just personal rapport. Like Freeway, you know, I'm, I would go in him all day because we're friends, you know, brother Ali, really friends. So, but a lot of the bigger artists, I wouldn't really say it's like that. Um, I kind of just like making the shit on my own and, uh, you know, present my best thing that I feel like I can do. Um, instead of like, whatever happens in that moment, there's a lot of times I'd start shit and just don't finish it. It's not good enough to me or whatever. So I don't know. That's just the way I like to do it. But there's other, I admire like guys like a Swiss beats who can go in there and get people to rap on anything. Like he's just got to sell the dream. And his confidence is inspiring. You know, I wish I had that. <laughs> yeah, he's it. a great salesman. The um, yeah. the the you mentioned Dre, and I've got to ask you about this because you put it up on um, the the uh, song re- um, surface, right. right? So between you, Just, and Khalil, am I right in assuming that you could put out two Dre worths of albums here or something? You guys got I mean, Detox I think Khalil two, has three, most by a lot. Right. Um, like he, I mean, there's a lot. I I don't know. I probably did over five songs for sure i mean ones that i heard i definitely heard that many um the one that and the crazy thing is whoever just leaked that i never had a copy of the song so i was hyped at leak because i wanted it <laughs> you know what i mean like um there's some other ones like i'm like yeah all right come on float that to me i should get it first right um because i only heard those in the studio after they were made you know the two or three times i went down there to to hang out um and <clears throat> yeah it's crazy like that one i want to say i was like from 2009 or wow 10. yeah that's what i've heard yeah i've heard that's that's what the the so-called uh the internets are saying the interwebs are saying kind of 2009 so yeah that's... it was in that range but you know like some of the songs that have coming out like three kings was a song for detox like that was definitely one of them so like um yeah, I, I don't know. I was I was definitely part of it at one point, but I never lived there. I wasn't I wasn't going to the studio every day. Like like I said, I, I like I like just doing it my way. And then like if he doesn't like it, then I'm it's not a personal just like disrespect to me. You know what I mean? It's like, oh whatever. Somebody else is gonna use the beat. That's how I always feel. Like if if somebody doesn't like a beat, if I send somebody beats and they don't like them, it honestly doesn't bother me at all. Gotcha. No, uh, fair, fair. Gotcha. The, uh... There's somebody else. There's all other people who want to use them. And a lot of the beats that people love. Hello, people passed on them. Right. Know? Of course, of course, of course. Chris, before I let you go, obviously, Jake has said something now. I've piqued my interest because I'm the resident Hove Stan on the podcast. So you mentioned, <laughs> three, you mentioned Three Kings. So I'm yeah. going to rein it back. So for, for one, I didn't know that Three Kings was maybe originally for Detox. That's one oh, thing no, I didn't know. Oh, no, thousand percent was, yeah. I didn't know that. But also then, where were you when you found out that there was Rosé, Dre, and Dre... It, delivered incredible performance on that record he did and hove being yeah. on that record because that was such a massive moment bro like it's- well the, the funny thing about it is the song had existed for probably a year before and it was just a dre and uh ross song i don't i don't remember when this was but there was like 
Dre went to Miami and they took pictures together. It was like, you know, it was on the internets at that time. And uh, they cut that record and I hadn't heard it, but everybody, I mean, even people that weren't part of Aftermath were like, yo, the song you got with Dre and Ross, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's great. I never heard the shit. Nobody would even play it over the phone for me. Um, so, I, you know, I just kind of chalked it up, like, because there's other ones I did like that that everybody's all excited about that, you know, one of them just came out <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so, um, they they called me, though, randomly nonchalant and was like, so, yeah, Rick Ross is going to use that song that that he did with Dre and Jay-Z's on it. It's coming out tomorrow. I was like, what? No, no, you know, I didn't. I think all that kind of happened last minute. But uh, the, the really dope thing about that is I happened to just be going to New York the next day when it premiered. So I just got to like be on the street and 45 minutes straight of just it blasting from everywhere. I, I'll never forget that. Mm. That's probably the coolest thing that happened. It, it was a gospel sample, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hip hop and wrestling. Jake, I'm a massive wrestling fan, <laughs> right? Yes. I, have, um, yeah. I have a world title belt right next to me. <laughs> nice. Um, when I heard, dun, 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 I was like, okay, hip hop and wrestling is those are two worlds that have always been together. But the way you did it, it was so authentic. Um, found out you produced the time is now for John right. Cena. No, yes, this is J you didn't know. <laughs> no, we're talking yeah. to the guy, bro. No, uh, Jake, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> I oh my, <gasps> I thought you knew. Now you you no now Jake you, you're different. Like all the time, like it's funny. That's you, a funny one. You're an alien. You're not you're not of this earth. You're not of this. You're not of this. Nah nah nah. You don't belong here, bro. Like <laughs> this is. You know what's no. crazy? They've been using that song since 2005, and in wrestling world, they switch the songs right. around often. They, yeah. I, I wondered that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Listen, I, I I'm I'm outside, Jake. When they come to London, I'm ringside. I take it very. I co-own a wrestling promotion. <laughs> So I take oh, it very shit. seriously. Yeah. I just got to big you up on that. Like, have you got any any stories about John? Like the studio session, I've always wondered, like, how did that happen? Yeah, you know, that's another one where I wasn't there. But um, I, I want to say the way it initially happened was my manager at the time, Walt uh, Walt Licker, that was uh, I was working with, met him at KML at a wake-up show or one of those and gave him beats. And then he just called back and wanted the beats. And like, and at the time... I was a wrestling dude in the eighties when I was a kid. And then it just got outlandish and I tapped out. Like, once, once the, uh, you know, once the undertaker came back like 20 times, it was like a, a real moment. I remember where I just turned it off. Like, and I was a diehard. I want to say it was like Elizabeth and yes, somebody. Right. Yes. Elizabeth. Oh, come on, man. Those are classics. I, I, didn't want the, I didn't want the soap opera in my shit. That's how I was. I, I like, you know, I like the raw shit. So okay. the ECW I type stuff. I didn't even know. I knew nothing about John Cena. They um they were like, yeah, he wants to, you know, I think he bought like six beats. He paid me like a personal check. It was bugged out. Um, I wish I would have kept that. Maybe I got his. But um yeah, I mean, I didn't hear the song till maybe like a week before it came out. And uh I just remember thinking like this is way better than it should be. Like, that was my initial thought. I was like, this is actually not bad. This dude's a wrestler and this is kind of good. Uh, when I made the beat, I wanted to give it to Ghostface. I mean, that's that's who I wanted to hear rapping on the beat. Did I didn't have the plug to Ghostface, so it's not like Ghostface passed on the beat or nothing, but 
somehow, uh, you know, that happened. Uh, the really fucked up thing about this, and I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do a video showing how I made the beat and all that, and just talk about the history of it. But, um, you know, Vince McMahon's a gangster, man. Like they were basically like, you either just take this money and get no publishing, or it's you're just not doing it. So sounds like Vince. That time, yeah, I mean, I, I met John. He told me like I don't even know my name. Like so, he's like, this is just what it is. It's like it's, it's a, it was a good amount of money, but it was like. It's still going, you know what I mean? So let me let me clarify something. You got yeah. a nice check, but you don't get any like royalties. I get nothing on that. Yeah, I mean, it, granted, it was it was a sample, you know what I mean? Like, but I, I it would have been nice to have like a percent of something, of something. you know what right, I mean? Right, like, right, right. no, I, and who would have you know at that time? I wouldn't have thought, you know, it's iconic. I'm yeah. telling you that song as I mean, a. My daughter knows it, and she's nine. She don't care about none of my rap shit at all. She can care less. <laughs> she knows that one. She know, and she knows I don't like it, so she trolls me by like singing the thing all the time. Like, yeah, you know, I was like, I'm like, we don't make money. You should be mad about that. <laughs> as a as a rest, as a diehard wrestling fan and a hip hop fan, I'm telling you that one hits different because Method Man's done songs for the WWE. Ra the Rugged yeah, Man's yeah. done stuff, but your one and and the MOP in there as well. Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, I just threw that in there because it was just. I think we all wanted MLP on our beats back then. Too, Everybody. You know, was like, yeah. I, 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 I just, I just have to say, you are different. You are like, <laughs> I had the respect for you, Jake. Like, I had respect for you. This is different because, like, <laughs> uh, I'm like you. I kind of, I, I used to watch wrestling when I was young, back in like the late '80s when it was on. Where we used to have called Eurosport here. Right. And then I fell out of love with it. And then I got back in the corporation when the rock started coming through. And then there was the Stone Cold, uh, kind of Stone Cold Rock and Mankind. And then I fell out of love with it again. And then John Cena, because, you know, I'm a hip hop fan. When I hear that and his swag and everything, I was like, I like John Cena. Now I'm, uh, bro, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. It was was so funny that, like, you know, he was up there rapping in the jorts and all that shit. I just, I'm telling telling you, he had bars, though. And he, yeah, he, um, did, he did. He used to come out with Word Life, and I'm like, is he an OC fan? Like, it was. I <laughs> I, I respect John Cena because he's a hip hop head. And Bumpy Knuckles, I think, wrote yeah, some man. stuff yeah, in. Yeah, they, 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 was part of this shit for sure. Yeah. They met at Hot 97. They met at Hot 97 when um, they were, he was doing the morning show, and Bumpy was there doing kind of like, he was just there, and then they just hit it off, and then they developed a relationship. And oh, man. Nah, Jake, man. Chris, carry on. I can't. <laughs> I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta catch a breath. This is. Too much for me. Um, you're part of a group. I, I did three songs on the album. Yeah, you, like there's there's a couple other ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah I am. Um, I uh, I I've think heard it since then, but yeah. I think I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to pull out the album. But I'm telling you, as an opening song, the time is now. Yeah, yeah, it's the one. Damn man, see, I'm I'm still just like, like damn, that publishing fuck. I, I understand. I I, I think mm-hmm. I understand. I want to say I understand. I think I do. I just, I just feel lucky. Like, and I tell people this that like I feel lucky that wasn't my last one. Hmm. There's a lot of people that only get one, so yeah, yeah. just fortunate. I you know. hear you. Tuxedo, Mayor Hawthorne. I had I got you on my wedding playlist when I got married last December. Oh, shit. L- nice. Loved that album. Um, how how did the group come together? And like, no, instead of how did the group come together? Um, I want to dig a bit deeper. You produce a lot of hip hop stuff. Very varied uh, musical palette. How do you go about pres- um, producing for Tuxedo and expanding the sound? into like funk and soul and i mean tuxedo is really just something like the beats i was doing for that initially was just like a break from 
hip hop because like hip hop, you know, at a certain point, like I've made some of the early ones in like maybe 2006, seven. Um, it, that's when it turned into my job. Like I had to, you know, pay the bills with that shit. And it just, you know, it was like a little bit of pressure. So like tuxedo was something I was just doing purely for the fuck of it. I just, I learned how to play keys a little bit from G Coop. Um, and I was like, oh, that's how you play that chord. And that was kind of really how I even started making those tracks initially. Um, they weren't really meant, I, I don't even, I didn't really have a plan for it or nothing. Um, really Mare was somebody I met through DJing, like we were friends and we were into like Boogie Records, which was a weird thing at that time. And then he just started singing out of nowhere. And I still like, he makes it seem like he just did that one day and maybe he did, but it's weird to me that he like did it. And it was like, cause he was trying to do hip hop. DJ Hiccup, right? Right. So, I mean, it was a legit, they, he makes this 45 and it just, he's a different guy, like within a month, like touring around the world. Yeah. I've got the album, um, Strange Arrangement. It just happened so fast. Mm. And I, you know, I'd send him, when he started singing, I sent him a couple of the beats and he just started sending me songs back. And that was really how it started. Like, um, didn't, you know, even the early stuff we did, it wasn't necessarily known that it was even going to come out um, because his shit was so hot. Like he was doing, Mayor Hawthorne was so lit. It, you know, his, his people were like, man, we can't just stop doing this and do this other thing that's different. Um, it would have been crazy. So both of us kind of found the time, finished the record, and then somehow that turned into a thing, which was the coolest thing probably ever to happen to me because I just had no, like, idea I would ever do any of this shit. I didn't think I'd be playing keys, singing backgrounds, all these things I just did not know that I was even capable of, um, especially for it to happen so late for me in my career. It was, like, definitely, it's, it's been dope. I mean, we really went around the world with that yeah shit, so. it's it's you know what it is right similar to ninth wonder you know when he was on his run and he was producing for everybody i started buying albums just because ninth wonder produced it and it, <laughs> right. made, it made me a fan of these artists like sky zoo kazi and all these people right. um i wasn't too up on on mayor hawthorne i knew about athletic mike league and all that stuff but i bought that off the strength it was produced by jake one wow, like crazy. this is this i'm telling you this and i got you but i feel like if like because of what historically I'd done at that point, it must have been like, whoa, what is no, this? No, it, it made sense. It made sense it, to it me. It makes sense. It does make sense because you're not yeah. you're not a pigeonholed producer, right? You you yeah. have, Like we mentioned earlier, you, you have a range and it's still reflected to this day. Yeah, it so. makes sense. Shout out to Mayor Hawthorne though, but like I'm just saying as a fan, produced by Jake One means right. something. Thank you. It means something. It's You know, like I, I was trying to follow even with just that as a thing. You know, if Knott's ever did a beat on somebody's album, I listen to it, like, to this day. There's just certain guys that, like, I mean, obviously, Premier and a P-Rock, like, I would listen to anybody's album if they did a beat for it. It just didn't matter. Mm. And um, it's been cool to, like, somehow turn into one of, you know, somebody that people look at that Yeah, way. no, definitely. Is it true, um, All of Me, 50 Cent, yeah. was that originally made for Brother Ali? Um, I don't think it was made for him, but he had the beat okay. for sure. Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. He had he had all the beats. Like all the beats that came out for somebody else, he probably had them at you know, and Encore probably could say the same at the time that he was doing his thing. Um, get the gab too. I mean, whoever it was that I was working with, I just sent him everything because like I remember Alchemist told me a long time ago, 
he's like, man, I used to put stuff aside and be like, no, oh, this one's going to be for Jay-Z. And it just never ends up being for Jay-Z. And then you're just like, you also just at a certain point end up having, you know, you're going to keep making more shit, you know, like, I don't feel like one beat really means that much to me at all anymore. Cause I just, I mean, I've 20 years doing this is like, and I keep coming up with shit. Sometimes I feel like it's going to run out. But it, it, you know, eventually comes back, mm. and there's another one. So, so with that said, though, Jake, do you think this there's this whole thing about underground mainstream and this divide? Considering that right. you've produced for both mainstream and underground, is there such thing as a divide? Because if you're saying that Brother Ali had a beat that he could have easily jumped on, but Fifty Cent took it, like, is it just in the mind of the fans? Is it that serious? Um. I mean, definitely with my stuff, because it's, it's, it's kind of like straddling the line a lot of times. But I mean, so it's half of the song is the rapper on it. you know. So like if Ali is talking about, you know, revolution or whatever on that beat, probably a different vibe than Mary J singing about. Got me. Uh, what you have me like a fiend on crack or something like that. On crack yeah. I'm done like that. Like, <laughs> like, like no way Ali would have been on that, you know, so like it's so much just in the artists, you know, like, and I've had people cut to the same beat and it's just funny. Um, like for instance, Ali had a song to uh, a joint that Wiz ended up using called The Grinder. And Ali's song was so different. Mm. It's like the same kind of weird beat, but like they just approached it totally yeah. different. You know? Before I hand over to Summit though, I want to give you props on that Brother Ali album. Um, I think you did an excellent job, reason being because his, his, um, his sound was Ant for the, most of his career. And you know, you look at Guru when he's not when he wasn't on a premiere beat. Everyone's like, mm, I don't know, CL Smooth. We want to hear him on a Pete Rock beat. But what you did on that project gave him a whole a whole new palette, and it made us it made me appreciate the stuff he did with Ant because it was so different. So props to you on right. the album. I actually bought that album twice. Nice, yeah. No, it was one of those. It's man, it's really hard. And it, I kind of had the same thing happen when we did Get the Gab when we invited him to do that. Because there's people that's like, I like Black Alicious and I want it this way. And I don't want to hear him doing something else, you know? And I get that. I'm probably the same way for the people I, I'm like super hard fans. of. like, I wouldn't want to hear Dilla rap on, you know, somebody else's beats. I want to hear him rap on his beats or, you know, Slum Village on Dilla. That's Slum Village, right? So you know, approaching the Ali thing, I just did, I just wanted to do something that I thought was cool. And I, I wanted to try to, you know, you know, that like mainstream underground divide, I'm trying to like push them a little more that other way. Um, it's just hard though. People have their mind made up about an artist, you know, once you have a couple albums out, it's just like, that's you. I either like it or I don't, or I have my, you know, whatever perception is of what this is going to be. And when I put out my first album on Rhyme Series, I had a lot of people be like, I don't, Rhyme Series ain't really the kind of stuff I like, but I love your album. And then I'm sure people like Rhyme Series like, man, he got Young Buck on a Rhyme Series. That was just stupid. No, but you, you know, it's like, funny because yeah, I, it's I'm cool. telling yeah. you, I, I think you brought some new people yeah. to Rhyme Sayers. I, I hope so, man. I mean, and, and I know their fans showed me love too, but I, it is, it's just definitely a weird like dynamic doing that. Um, it's weird because in this mainstream stuff I've done the past five years, the fans don't even know that I do other shit. Like they think like I'm a loop maker for Southside, which great. I'm happy with that. But like, I've had like young rappers that are like, you know, pretty big. They're like, they, they're like one day hit me like, I didn't know you did all these songs. Like, 
I thought you just do that. And it's like, you know, I'm not going to tell you like, now they go do the, they go do their I'm just happy I could be part of all of yeah. it. You know, like yeah. honestly, that's how I look at it. it it's, I think, it's nuts to me just hearing, you know, superstition. That's when I heard you and, you know, Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> I think you're in a particular class though, Jake, before I hand over to Summit. Yeah. Guys like you, Ill Mind, M Phases, S1. Those are the names that come to mind who basically came up from the underground, quote unquote went mainstream but never lost their sound it only got bigger it evolved and you all you always came back like i remember i'm gonna show you something oh wow like yeah you did three songs on here on a moment right. album right. and i'm just like who called jake one to do three <laughs> songs i met um i met panic did, was he in the Red Bull thing? I can't remember. Anyways, I met him in Chicago and he was like, I got an artist, you know, give me some beats. So of course, you know, we're homies. Yeah. That's how I always, I've always done it that way. It's, I feel like in the more recent years, I'm just like, I just don't make as many beats as I did where I just throw beats to everybody. I still kind of do, but I'm not actively even sending beats to everybody like I used to because just lazier, I think, or you know, I don't. You're confident. You're confident. The name. <laughs> it's a confident. The name. Yeah, you know, you know what you bring, and and is inherent value. It. Um, not to be a stickler, Chris. Uh, I only, I'll only add this because he's he's his family. But I'll add just place that list too, um, of of producers. Yes. Um, well, I mean, and, and guys like Jess, like that was a role model for me because he yeah. could do like a little Mo song that I even kind of liked. Right. And then he does PSA and uh, you know. It will do formation. Yeah, he did I, Doom I, songs, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 because he, he's family. I have to I have to. Yeah, you, you are him in every you other are episode. you are hundred percent right. But but hundred percent agree. Like Ill Mind is like, cr like crazy. His his rise and phases that, and I love I love the way his his production builds. So um, definitely, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about Matt Marcy in a second. But just thinking about um, Chris bringing up brother Ali and, and, the, and people having certain beats. I played this game with Alchemist and just an uh, interview many moons ago about who passed. We don't have to play it, but let's just try. Cause right. what, what I found out, which I never knew before was girls, girls, girls was originally for Ghostface. He passed. Right. So, I think I read that somewhere. Right. Right. So, um, I'm gonna point it to you. Could, is there, is there any particular beats that you had that you went, they passed and went on to other uh, other artists who then made them something like, oh boy, we all know Jay passed on it or things like that. Uh, you know, I was never in a studio with people like that for just get for the, the cold rejection like next. Um, <laughs> so, next. But yeah, I mean, there's definitely like, uh, there's definitely a lot of beats that like I sent to people that they didn't react to. Um, they ended up being big ones, you know, like all the time. Or like, you know, it might be something that come out two years, three years after I make it, you know, something like a, a Chance the Rapper Acid Rain. Like I had that beat for a long time. Nobody wanted to rap on it. And then he does this song and everybody looks at it as a classic. And then I'm like, oh shit, I got to make more of those. And a lot of times it's just reactionary in that way. You know, right. like I let the people determine, you know, what, what, what path I need to go on sometimes. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to. Th I'm trying to think of a good one. I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't in there with these guys. Yeah, to be it's, it, it, it can there, be. There's definitely different. times guys that do a song to something and they just don't use it, and then it turns out to be on somebody else's shit. That definitely happened quite a few times. Okay, interesting, interesting. Um, 
Matt Marcy, you said you don't really send out beats all that much, but I'm pretty sure you want to work. You wanted to work with Marciano. You're one I mean, of you. Somebody I was chasing from like you know maybe 2011, 12. Like I connected with him on uh, Twitter or something and sending him beats. And I remember back then he was like, "Man, I don't really, I don't, you know, I don't want beats." And I'm like, "But what?" What, what do we want that? I just didn't even get it. Um, and, you know, I've run into him a couple of times over the years, um, you know, developed a little rapport. Um, and his manager hit me maybe like, I don't know, three, four months ago. It was like, um, you know, send me some more stuff for rock. So I just put together a little folder and, and that record happened to be on there and a couple of others he ended up liking. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those ones. I just, you know, I'm, I want to check him off. Like, I want to, you know, there's like, he's one of my favorite rappers. I'm just thoroughly entertained by his, the shit he says. Like, and there's just not many, not many I can say that yeah. about. He said a lot. He said you know? in an interview one time, he said, um, I had money in my pocket. He said it looked like cabbage. I was rolling. Because when you think of cabbage, right? Just all, all like, just all crumpled up. And I'm just like, I can actually see what this man is saying, even when he's doing an interview. He's just, I don't know, man. It's its just a unique thing. And that's thats what I'm drawn to a lot of times. Like, even rappers I'll be into that don't even seem like my style. Like, somebody like Keek the Sneak. Like, I love Keek the Sneak. Like, we did like 10 songs or something crazy. I was just a fan and wanted to work with him. Um, right now, like, you know, Rock Mars, Larry June, I'm a big fan of him. Like, just a certain personality that draws me in. I'm not as much like, for all the lyrical acrobatics. I, don't, I just want something that's like entertaining to listen to at this point. Um, Fair. But yeah, it was exciting to be on Rock's thing. And you know, I, I that's definitely the first beat I did with no drums in a long time, so. No, no I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward video, to hearing the video, it. They got the video, like, it's it's a it's a really good project. Um, Like the the selection of beats is crazy. Like Matt Master, the title track, the beat's crazy. Trench, Trench Coat Wars, I mean, I, lo- I love the, I love the track. Like the the title of the track trench cut wars is is right. ill so and and to have you come in so early in the on the project too is is super dope but um, yeah and no, i'm definitely excited to be on that one no definitely have, but no have, jake man we appreciate you going i was gonna say i've got one question the fan in on, me is me. dying to ask whatever yeah. happened to the boom bat project man you know i think them guys are recording again um i mean you know just life they got older you know guys had kids and you know, got jobs and just faded away, you know, left it behind a little bit. But I think they're actually recording now. Okay. They're starting to make something again. So it's funny. They ain't even asked me for beats. Yeah, man. They've got, call- <laughs> they got to call you. you cut down your options. I, me and Kareem are really friends, but he hasn't He hasn't asked me for no Oh, no, beats. no, no. He's living in Portland now, so he'll, he'll get down here soon. Yeah, we, we need that. Cut down your options, man. That's that's the one for me. We need, we need more of those. <laughs> we need more of those. I nah. think that... Who who was somebody else on that um, song? Raka Raka Ara Science, right? Oh, oh yeah, that's I remember that one. Yeah, um, yeah, that's all. Like we did all that at Vitamins House. It was just a different time, man. Like I was a mailman when we did did them songs. Like, <laughs> but you delivered, <laughs> pun intended. You yeah yeah nice nice Chris, come on nice. Now. But now Jake, we really appreciate your time, man. Um, we, this has been a thoroughly um enjoyable conversation um we appreciate your contributions there'll be more to come i'm sure but thank you so much for your time and we really really salute you and, and appreciate everything thanks for having me man i'm gonna definitely check you guys out some more man i i mean i like i said i haven't talked about some of this stuff maybe in 15 years so i'm i'm, I'm it's always it's always exciting to not just be like so drink 
so uh you know it's like that's because that's normally what i get so are you and j cole like are you guys no it's none of that like i, I love them talking about superstition like in, in encore and stuff like that like that's great chris is the actual factual i dubbed him the actual factual <laughs> um so he, he 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 as as a as an artist as a journalist, he's actual, factual with everything he does. Um, I sat in my uh, room. I'm not lyrical miracle yet, but I'll get there. But he's actual, factual. I sat in my room for, for 15 years, Jake, after I got the listening by Little Brother and I fell into this rabbit hole. Um, you're part That's of that cunning up. linguist, um, Kev Brown, Odyssey, Def right. Jux, Eastern Conference. That's me. That's who I am. So, That's love. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I feel like a lot of this stuff, the longer it gets away from it, people forgive, but you know, it all, you know, there's a point where it's old and then it comes back and it's cool again. So like you give some, anything 20 years, we're going to be back into making beats with kicks and snares again. It's going to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. But no, (laughs) salute to you. Blessings. Stay safe. Thank you so much for everything, bro. Peace. Peace, brother. Big thanks to Jake for joining us on the podcast. Uh, super had fun with that. Yeah, um, I, I and got hearing, hearing the story. I got some nerdy questions off, man. I've been like, these questions have been burning a hole in me but, for years. But this is what we, but this is what we do, right? It's the reference point. Um, we don't really want to ask the. So, what do you feel the state of hip hop is? <laughs> it's not that. It's not our. It's not our lane. No, it's um, it's it's not. It's not. But um, no, I um, I have a new appreciation. For yeah, Jake no, One, for Jake One's music, like you know, rock cocaine flow, I'll never forget. Even that, like even the even the way that hits, dude. Dun, dun, I will never, like, I'll never forget what it was like to hear that. It's, it's a testament that every time I hear that song, it's like the first time. Right? Yes. 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 It's yes. that's lightning in a bottle. Yeah, you know, De La Soul, MF Doom on that type of beat and then when you see the mm-hmm. video with the live performance too forget so, it forget it no 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 he's, he's he's he is solidified in the streets he's in he's solidified in the culture so no we're we're super glad that we we were able to have him um so yeah man and, and salute to you for the questions too respect bro and i'm sure we'll i'm sure we'll have him back again like all of our guests they all like want to come back right so i mean you know um, it's hospitality in it hospitality and i get the doll ready and that <laughs> Um, <laughs> as always, you can follow us. I've got, on I've got some media. chicken wings to deal with after this, but go ahead. Nah, allow you in chicken wings, man. Get some panini and dal and nah, that nah, samosa nah, and nah, that. No, no, nah, nah, anyway. so, some samosa. Yeah, I can do with samosa, that. Samosa, samosa. Sorry, yeah, sorry, right, sorry, yeah. sorry. Sorry. Yeah, get it right. Talk about my culture. And I'm I can't so, I am right, so sorry. Uh, I'm joking. Uh, as always, you can follow us on social media at Break the Atoms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Chris uh, is at I'm Kinetic, myself at hip hop chronicle we'll be back with yet another episode exclusive interview but until then peace peace